don't be a martyr. Don't be, don't suffer for the whole thing. If you're going to do it, enjoy it. Mm. Like, and, and to a degree, the enjoyment is a, is an important element of truly deciding to do something. Yeah. That it's an indicator of us fully choosing to commit to something. Right. Because in that we've accepted all that comes with it. We've accepted every, everything that could be thrown our way and, and we've, and we've accepted it willingly. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte, identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Another day, another podcast, Evan. Yeah. That's right. It is another day, <laughs> and it is another podcast. These are true statements. True statements. Never been truer. Um, okay, well, what are we going to talk about today, man? Oh, you're going you're gonna to hand it off to yeah, me? Yeah, I'm going to put it on All you. All right. Jeez, it's not usually so quick we do the handoff. Yeah. Well, today, uh, so we called this one Freedom's Unexpected Ally. And this one is all about a really, a really dirty word for some people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people don't like this word. And I think there's a lot of connotations with it that are misunderstood. And I think that, you know, maybe we can challenge them. And uh, that's the idea. I don't know if we'll get into it, but, uh, you know, there are certain words in culture and society and just kind of in general through our education that sometimes get a bad rap. And I think that it's because the way they're given to us or the way they're presented to us or the way we're told to use them yeah. or apply them in our life or sometimes the way the word is used against us yeah. makes us feel that that word brings up like a negative feelings or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't think we were going to reveal the word that quickly, but shall we? Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's not mince our words here. All right. And so the word we're talking about here is discipline. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> discipline uh and based just, on the just tele- on a general vote you know in your own car or wherever you're listening <laughs> how much on a scale of one to ten do you like discipline yes just or- check in with yourself right now because honestly to me you know until we investigate these words and really look into them for the most part when i hear discipline i'm like ah three Like, I know it's good for me, but it's like my vegetables. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like discipline. It's like, I know it's one of those things I'm I'm supposed to have more of it and I'm supposed to be more disciplined with this Mm. and that. And, you know, there's been, as you said, there's been a great, I would say a disservice uh, done by a lot of people with this word discipline. And there's actually, it's actually a really beautiful, beautiful word. And I think that when we actually understand the true nature of discipline, uh, we can have an entirely new relationship with it and we can learn how to actually better create discipline in our own lives. Totally. Because I'm not for creating discipline in areas of, of my life that it's not important mm-hmm. for me. And I think that we're going to get into all of that. But as the title has indicated, freedoms... Uh, unexpected ally and that is discipline yeah so there is this 
extraordinary relationship between freedom and discipline. They are, if you will, sides to the same coin. Yeah. One does not exist without the other. If you want freedom, you need discipline. If you want real discipline, you need some freedom as well. So it's like, it's it's a beautiful harmony that exists between them. And that's what we're going to explore. And hopefully we can all come away with this and, and feel excited (laughs) about and inspired about creating discipline in our, in our lives. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, about discipline, I want to mention off the top is, um, I was thinking about it as we started, I'm like, oh yeah, discipline to me is also something that means I'm in trouble being disciplined. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm being, you know, uh, taught to be more responsible or face the world or, you know, or, um, I'm, I'm, my wrongs are being corrected or something like that. You mm-hmm. know? Um, I think this can be a negative, another negative that people have with discipline where, you know, it's this thing that's almost like some authority figure is doing onto you as opposed to like, you know, yeah. you need to be disciplined. You need, you know, and yes, I think that, yeah. um, we want to, we want to kind of dive into this world and uh, this word. Yeah, in a weird way that, uh, like, just even you saying sorry to cut you off there, but even being like you need to you <laughs> you need to be disciplined. Yes, right. It's like discipline is something that's that is put onto you, mm-hmm. right? It's and and from that state, like we are, there's no freedom there. That is somebody um, enacting a will of control over us. You need to be disciplined in, in the way that I think, you know, and that's really just somebody else's bullshit, someone else's nonsense. A lot of the time that's being placed on us. And really what we're talking about today is less of thing of discipline as being something being put upon us and something that is instead we start to look at as something that is coming from us. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, you, you actually said something earlier. You said discipline is the upholder of our authentic values. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really great way to look at discipline because if you look at discipline as like, when I'm being disciplined, I'm upholding my authentic, truthful values, what I, what matters to me, what I value, what I mm-hmm. care about, what I find meaning in. And I'm disciplined about it in the sense that I will continually stand up for it and do it over and over time and time again. And often, you you can take this further, in spite of what is going on in my world, Mm -hmm. I'm still going to be disciplined. I'm not going to let that shit shake me. Right. Um, If we learn discipline that way, we would probably embrace discipline with open arms and we would be like, you're my best friend. You're here to help me. Yeah. Right. I want to talk about this disciplined, being disciplined type of thing, this punishment Mm -hmm. version. Um, You know, if you look at discipline and how it's been manipulated and used by our culture and society, you'll see that it's often to do with people having power and control over another person. And here's the other thing too, when you look at children, why children get disciplined in a, especially in Western culture um, a big part of that is is so that you're socially acceptable, so that you can get along with people and fit into the mold and do what you're told and all that stuff, which has its merits and has its benefits. But here's the thing, and you know, um, I I I was a little bit as a young man, as a child, <laughs> not even a man, as a, as a man too, but yeah. um, as a child, I was I was particularly defiant, you know. Um, 
because to me, I, I, I was one of those kids that, that, you know, and I see this in my niece particularly, she just like, she's going to do it her way, you mm. know? And it takes, if you're going to try to discipline her, it takes a lot. Like you kind of, it's a little extra than most kids. And it's an interesting thing because you go, well, is, is her doing what we want her to do really the best thing for her? Or is her learning to find her, you know, right? So the thing is, is like to be disciplined is the, to, to be disciplined as though you're in trouble assumes that you've done something wrong, you've made a mistake or you've mm-hmm. gone about it poorly, right? So I think we should rewire ourselves and whenever we think of discipline, instead of disciplining yourself when you make a mistake, do something wrong, step out of line, whatever, you look at it and you go, okay, um, what, what is the, what is the thing? What is this doing? That's not okay. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of like making the kid wrong or making yourself wrong, what, what happened? What was the outcome of this? Well, well, look, you're disrupting everybody. Now, do you like, do you want attention? Okay. Well, look at this, you know, and teach empathy and teach compassion. Cause the thing is, is a lot of the time discipline is just like this rule thing. It's like, mm-hmm. follow the rules, do what you're told and don't make noise and don't disrupt and don't upset people. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. If you're an artist you damn well better be ready to upset some people because yeah. they're going to get upset. I can guarantee it because mm. you're going to disrupt. You're going to, you're going to ruffle some feathers. And you know, if you're going to constantly bow down to the discipline of society and culture, you're not going to be a very good artist, unfortunately. Yeah. So that's where discipline gets weaponized. And I want to make sure that we're looking at them going, no, that's not, that's not a friend to anybody. Yeah. That's at the very best. It's, it's maybe teaching you some boundaries and that might be good. But outside of that, there's a certain point where you've been disciplined enough. You don't need, you don't need that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, there's a, there's a number of different angles on the sure. word discipline as well. Like a lot of people look at discipline as being, uh, you know, like somebody who might think of discipline as being like, oh, you are a, uh, I don't know, you're like a martial arts master and that's your discipline. Right you're disciplined in this, you're disciplined in that, you're disciplined in some sort of, we'll even call these things unto themselves a discipline. Sure. <laughs> Don't even know the word I'm saying anymore. We've said it so <laughs> so often. But, you know, it can drum up all kinds of things too. It's like where you have to be like somebody else. And I think, again, that's another way that we, I think why we shirk this word, many of us discipline is because it's, it's other people's. Mm -hmm. It comes from other people and it's not ours. And that's not to say that we might not see somebody else who, who has a particular discipline or, or disciplines. And we go, I really like that. And we learn to adopt it for ourselves, Mm -hmm. but that's a genuine us just like that aligning with us in some way and making a decision to go with it as opposed to somebody being like you need to do this and you need to do this every day and you know because you know this will get you this it'll get you this whatever if you don't 
it'll cost you this or make this bad thing happen in your life. Exactly. And right. it's like, well, maybe that might have worked for for that person. Right. But it's not it's not going to work for for everybody. There's not a one size fits all in this life. No. Not for everybody, which is part of what way of the artist is all about. It's like what is your way? It's about paying attention, listening to your own life and discovering, well, what are my disciplines? And for me a big part of when we ask that question of what are my disciplines is we go into, well, what is, what is the kind of life that you want? Who is the person that, that you truly want to be? Or who is the person that you think that you actually already are, that you're not living that, Mm -hmm. that, that person that you're not being, that you kind of know that you are inside. And once we can start to get a sense of, of who that is, what that is, then we can start to go, okay, from that place, from that vision, from that glimpse, that intuition, whatever you want to call it, we can go, okay, what are the things that are going to build that? The things that are going to cultivate that daily, you know, or whatever it is in my life. Mm. Because a big part of, of, creating disciplines in our life. It's not, I don't, I think that this idea that it's this burden, right? Which is often a part of this whole negative attitude towards it is that there's almost this, this view of it as, as a burden. It's something that you have to just find time to do in your life for in between the stuff that you actually want to be doing. Right. But like you like, obligate yourself. Yeah, it's like an obligation where it's like, yeah. no, the discipline is the thing that you actually want to be doing. Yeah, it's the choice. It's the choice. And you're like, no, this is this is the person that I want to be. And by creating this discipline, I am being more of that. And it allows me to do more of what I actually want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Like for yourself, you, I know that you've written every single day for the last thousand, how, how many? 2,391 days. 300, 2,391 days, every single day for half an hour. Yeah. You've least. done this. You've done this discipline because that is something of value to you. Mm-hmm. You don't do that because somebody else told you to do it because somebody like, there's no way that you can maintain something like that because somebody else told you to do it. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes real drudgery. It becomes real difficult. But it's something, when it's something that is actually of value to you, something that you appreciate and you take the time to do it because there is something nourishing to who you are, to to your person about it, that that becomes a discipline because of of no other reason but because of its own sake. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I look at it, you know, I had a, I had a point in my life when I decided to do it. Let me just share a little story about that discipline. When I started to do it, the first time I did it, I made it, I think, 70 something days, which was huge for me at the time, like 70 days in a row. And then I failed because I had a, it was my birthday and I didn't write earlier in the day. And then I got caught up in the celebrations and then we stayed up most of the night. And then I woke up the next morning and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't write. But here's the thing about my discipline with that writing is that if I fail it, if I ever miss a day, I have to start back at day one. So I'm at 2,391 days. If I don't write today, 
then I start at day one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. And that puts the the um, amount of accountability on me to make sure that I continue to do it, that there is no days off on discipline. You know, when something matters to you, you don't find excuses, you find ways. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the benefits of discipline is that discipline causes you to find a way. And here's the other thing. When you fail a discipline, like I did at day 70, which I actually think I, I think I maybe actually failed it twice before I'm on this run. So technically you could say, well, technically you've actually written for, you know, probably like 2,400 or 2,500 days, right? Yeah. But here's the thing, not in a row, Mm. right? So that's my measure of accountability, right? Now, if I missed a day, here's the other thing I want to say about discipline. If I missed a day, there is this thing, well, I failed, so I may as well stop doing that. A lot of people do that, actually. They they will just stop the moment they fail because it's like the number mattered right? But for me, at this point, the number just makes it reinforce how valuable it is to me. Yeah, that's all it does. Yeah, because if it was all about the number, yeah, then again, it it becomes more challenging to to keep up in some ways. And it becomes it just becomes more pressure, more pressure. But it's it, it's the, the place that you're working from when it's just for the number, it's like, well, then, then why are you even doing it? Like, that's the thing. Like, it's like, what, if, if you don't enjoy, if you don't enjoy the writing, then why bother? Find something else that you enjoy that you can count. Right. <laughs> in, a, totally. in a weird way, right? Like it's, but in many ways, that's kind of how uh, we go about setting setting our disciplines it's like okay well this person told me to to do it this way and I'll and I'll account for it. it's like well that's again that's how they that's how they did it mm-hmm. you know and that works for them and and to there's probably some sense of fulfillment that they're getting from it that they're maybe not communicating to you mm-hmm. in this whole thing and i think now at this point we're starting to get touch on this whole relationship between freedom and discipline because I think we can maybe begin to talk about how discipline actually does create freedom Mm -hmm. and autonomy because I think that that's really the thing that you know if you've been listening to this point or whatever this is this is what you want this is the key information that you need to know yeah right it's like well if okay so let's just say I'm more disciplined I get it I'm not going to use this as a bad thing against myself I'm not going to obligate myself into more anymore. I'm going to do the thing I want to do because I value it. It's meaningful to me. I see it as important. So Brandon and Evan, how does this create freedom? And I think this is, this is the, the question that would be on my mind at this point. Yeah. And that's what I want to talk about. And so I'll start and I'll just say, look, one of the things that discipline does is it is you mindfully choosing time for yourself. So for example, when I'm writing, it does not matter what is going on in the world around me. Unless there's an emergency, I'm not stopping. I'm not, you know, I will have to, I will come back to it. But I carve out at least minimum half an hour every day to write as one of my disciplines because that is my time. That is not for anybody else but me. And I'm worth it. I'm worth half an hour in the day. Yeah. You know, if the rest of the world, I have to work a job for somebody else, if I have to do this and that for so-and-so and all these other things that we often find we have to do, there has to be some time where I'm here for me. There has to be. And that's part of what discipline is, first and foremost, is that you carve out some time in the day. I don't care what you do. Play video games. 
drink, <laughs> whatever. But it is your time. And you and that is the first most important discipline of all is mm. that at some point every single day, and I think it's every day, you need to choose, even if it's a minute, this is my minute of the day. Nobody yeah. else's but mine. I'm giving this to myself. And if you go to the end of your life and you never gave yourself any time in your whole life, how would that be? You know, that's, that's, that's a good discipline. That's a discipline you know is worth it because you'll know, I'll know at the end of my life. I mean, shit, add it up. 2,391 days, add up 30 minutes. That's how much time that I can guarantee that I've given to myself in the last six years. Mm -hmm. Right? So in the last six years that I can look back and say, I at least carved out that for me. Mm -hmm. So that, that's the first realm of freedom. A lot of people go, well, discipline means I have to like practice my karate or no, you don't. First discipline is you carve out time for you. That's the first most important discipline at all of my opinion. Yeah. And, and at what you do in your time, you get to choose. We'll get into that in a moment, but also the time you carve for yourself has other side benefits, other um, symptoms, other things that come out of it, which create other forms of freedom, which you might be unexpected luxuries. Mm -hmm. But we can get into that. But I think that first, that's the most important thing I wanted to share. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, it's like the, the big thing that discipline does as far as, as freedom is. And again, this is, this is coming, this is based on the areas that you are creating discipline in your life are of things that are are of actual value to you as a person where you go, no, that is really, truly important to me. That is really an important part to, to who I am and to the life that I want to have when we can confidently answer those as, as a yes, as opposed to creating disciplines based on shoulds and oughts, mm -hmm. uh, which is stuff that we've picked up from someone else somewhere else. And we're like, oh, well, you know, I guess I really should, uh, I really should go run. Uh, I should run f f every morning at, you know, five days a week. I, I, I should, I should get up at four o'clock in the morning to do that. <laughs> and it's like, if you hate it, if, if you get no pleasure out of that discipline, then find something. If you're looking for some physical activity, find, find a different way to do it. Create a different discipline. But let me, let me stop you there too, because I think that sometimes we can get caught up in this. You might not feel great, especially at first when you start running or working out. But the discipline is not always about feeling good right now, physically or emotionally in that moment in that sense. But it's about being connected to why you're doing it, which makes it feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was working out, you know, you know, I was working out a lot. I put on like 25, 35 pounds of muscle, you know, and I, I was lifting like, I think I was benching something like 285 pounds or something like that, right? Which was my weight and a half uh, or, or, or a little bit around there. Anyway, but I was, um, I got to the basically to the point where I was loving working out and I had um, someone say to me, well, you don't love working out. It's painful. Like really be honest. Like you don't, and I'm like, no, I really enjoy it. But they were right. It was extremely painful. I mean, my body, like I was sore all the time and, and trying to keep up with the eating habits and just all the disciplines that had to go around it. They were right. But they were only looking at the immediate moment as though that was the whole world I lived in. Yeah. But, but 
when I was working out, I remember I'm lifting these weights and I'm thinking, man, I can feel my muscles getting bigger. I can see myself in the future looking into the mirror and seeing my ripped body and seeing the tightness of my skin and and the strength that I have to be able to do stuff. And then, you know, and, and I, I'd envision, you know, helping uh, my mom or my family and being able to move shit and just do stuff. And that connection in is transcendent of the moment is what I want to say. Yeah. So, you know, in the immediate moment, yes, disciplines can seem like they're like, I'm not enjoying this at all. What there I, can be resistance to it. Yeah. Still. What we kind of want to do in this conversation is bring you more to the transcendent connection of the moment because yeah. there, you know, otherwise we might as all, all well just eat ice cream and, you know, watch TV all day. But we don't want to do that because there becomes a bad physical feeling at a certain point. When we yeah. do that too long, we get lethargic and we don't feel good. So I think most of us, we find a balance where we're like, I'm not necessarily fit, but I'm kind of comfortable. And But if you get connected enough to a value, you might actually shift a little bit on how you, say, conduct your, your regular life, which is, I think is ultimately what people want, which mm-hmm. creates different freedoms and different opportunities. Yes. Right. So, you know, for example, I mean, here's an example, right? Say for, for a man, right? Uh, attracting a woman. I'm not saying that this is the only reason that attracts a woman, by the way, but it is, you know, often men will work out, physically get themselves fit, get themselves in shape. Women do the same. And we recognize that health and fitness are attractive generally, yeah. right? And so, uh, or it's not even about being super fit. It's just about cutting 20 pounds or cutting some, some weight because you're like, I'm a little, you know, this shirt doesn't look so good on me. Yeah. And, and that, you know, you can see, well, Hey, look, I can now a lot easier attract the person I want. I don't have to work so hard or at least, you know, Hey, I look a little bit more, uh, in the way I want to look or the way that is, you know, attractive to someone else because, Hey, it's not all about you. And you go, well, look, I'm willing to do this because in turn it gets me this, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if I don't do this, then maybe those options, right. Are not as available to me. Right. So you can take this in any way, but disciplines um, open up doors to possibilities that aren't open unless we do the discipline. Yeah. 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 And it's it's exactly it's there's there is a freedom of self in discipline, which is, I think, ultimately the point that I'm trying to make in all of this. You know, it's like there is there is when we are. when our disciplines are coming from the right place, then there is a freedom of self. There is an authenticity of self that is coming through within every single discipline that we have formed. It allows us to be more of the people that we want to be. It allows us to create more of the things that we want to, to create, right? Like it's, I'll go with like writers again on this one. It's like one of the biggest things that a lot of, you know, would be writers confront and it's no different from, you know, not just would be's, but people who are writers is, is confronting the page, right? Confronting the blank page every single day Mm. or whatever it is that, that you're working on. And that can be a, huge challenge. And if you don't have a discipline around it, it might get the better of you. Mm. The resistance to it might get the better of you. 
And next thing you know, you found it's like you, you have a deep, deep desire to write, to write a story to whatever it is. And it's not happening. Hmm. It's not being done. And that starts to become painful in its own way is, and, and for the artist, that is, uh, that is an excruciating pain that, that can begin to develop. It's the pain of not expressing, uh, what, what you have, what wants to come out. And it is through creating a discipline of, okay, well, you know, yours is I sit down every day for half an hour, you know, for someone else, it might be, I sit down and I write for, you know, 10 minutes. I set a timer or whatever. And I, and I just write for, for 10 minutes at least, or whatever it might be. Some people I know they go by the word, they do a word count or they'll do like, I write three pages or something like that, but they create a discipline to do that. Now that discipline is so that they write is so that they do the thing that they actually want to do. And like you said, it's like, it upholds the bigger value because there's that part of us that is sometimes it is afraid. It, it is reluctant. It, it does not want to move forward for any number of reasons that could come up. And discipline is the thing that can sometimes free us Mm. of that, of that fear, of that anxiety, of that resistance. The discipline says, yeah, I know that you're afraid, but we're, we said we were going to do this. So Mm -hmm. we're just going to do it. And then through that discipline, we can conquer these fears and we actually get to do the thing that we wanted to do all along, Mm -hmm. which brings us a tremendous sense of fulfillment, a tremendous sense of joy. And that to me is freedom. You know, because it's like we, it's, it's freedom. It's, it's like, you've given yourself permission to express. You've given yourself permission to act in the way that you want permission to express. This is the, this is so key, man. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. Permission to express. This is what I, I would tell writers all the time when it came to the writer's block, because I work on this with people all the time and they they'll say you know i don't know what to write i think what i'm going to write is going to be shit blah 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 and a lot of the time i preemptively know they're going to say that so they'll be like how do you know i'm like look i've been there so many times i yeah. get it i had this exercise i developed at a certain point where i just said i call it writing out the beast mm. and i call it the beast because the beast which i just labeled as this monster in my mind goes you got nothing to write today you're going to write shit and you got nothing to say and, and you're tired and blah, blah, blah. So what I started doing, I just, I, I, don't, I don't know. It started sometime before this persistence or right around the time. But I was like, okay, I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to write out what the beast tells me. Mm. You're a piece of shit. You can't write anything good. And I just would write it out. And I think I did this for two weeks. And, but what would happen is I would do that for about 5, 10, 15 minutes, sometimes 30. That would be it. But I'd write it out. And usually by the end of it, even in those first two weeks, by the time I'd gotten everything that the beast had to say, I would be ready to write. And I'd be like, cause I kept seeing this like, well, this is all nonsense. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that writing out what it said got me to free myself of all the things that were playing around in my head. And then it was kind of like, you know, and, and maybe I would ask myself questions like, well, why do you feel like you're going to write a piece of shit? Oh, cause I feel like this, blah, blah, blah. You know, let that flow. 
I mean, what is dialogue in, say, a screenplay, but having a conversation between a couple people? What if it's between the writer and his beast, right? Boom, yeah. you got a great scene going all of a sudden. You didn't even know it, yeah. right? So the thing is, as you said, permission to express. I think that's the first step of discipline. Give yourself permission to do something, express something that you value, that is meaningful to you. And even if it seems like, you know, like whatever, try and go into that. You know, the thing that's the resistance, like, like go into it. We had this this other thing I did in the movie maker course back in the day. And it was really funny. Its results were, were so cool because there's this um, native tale about your bad wolf and your good wolf, right? Feed the good wolf. Don't feed the bad wolf. And I said to the class, well, let's, let's feed the bad wolf. Let's just feed it. Let's take care of it. Let's mend it like it was a beautiful animal. Let's accept it like it's ourselves. Mm-hmm. and and embrace it instead of like caging it away and hiding it and saying i don't want this darkness to be a part of me i just want to be the good wolf like why don't we look at it and treat it like it's just part of human nature people just totally all their fears just went away because we're so scared of ourselves we're so scared of our you know our selfishness and our ignorance and our, our we have shame put it out in the world Tell like, this is it. This is who I am, man. Mm. You know, I struggle. I have difficulties. I doubt myself. Right. And that's, what's going to happen is you're going to start to realize like everybody does, you know, now when it comes to the good wolf, bad wolf native story, which is a beautiful story in, in that respect and a beautiful lesson. When it comes to action with other people and demonstrating you're going to be the good wolf, because if you have good values and morals and ethics inside of you, you're going to try to do that anyway. You're not going to go and express your bad self and go hurt people and steal from them and do that. Maybe you will if you have, um, you know, s- something wrong inside of you right now. But I, I would be willing to bet because I've, I've talked to many people, many people who are, um, you know, struggling in life and uh, people who are like really struggling, thieves, drug addicts, stuff mm-hmm. like that. When they are willing to talk about this stuff without shame, when it can become an open conversation, when it can be done with empathy, you begin to realize that a lot of the time they don't like that they do that and they don't necessarily want to do that, but because they feel so judged, so ashamed, they do it anyway. I know I'm talking a bit here, but I'll give you a specific example. I walk back to my car one night like 11 or 12 i just came back from an industry party we saw a film and all that stuff i walk back and i and i look at my car in this dark parking lot and i see there's a guy and he's breaking into my car this is the third time this had happened in the city but i walk in on somebody doing this and listen before this event even happened my imagination was i'm gonna knock this guy out i'm gonna i'm gonna tune this guy up you know, also I was pretty built at the time too. So, you know, physically I was not very worried about anything. And I walk up behind him, I grab him by the back and I say, put all that shit down. And, and, and I held him and he was just, he was smaller, like a lot smaller than me. Like he must've weighed like maybe 140, 150 pounds. Meanwhile, I weighed probably about, you know, 205. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I'm holding him there and, and, and I look at him and he's just this broken man. And He's like, I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry. And all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, and I'm like, just put it all back, put all my stuff back. 
And then he's like, I'm so sorry, man. He's like, he's like, blah, blah, and he's telling me his thing. And I said, and I, and I thought I would be angry. And then I just looked him in the eyes and I just saw him. He was just so broken. And I said, why, why are you doing this? And he's like, I'm sorry, man. You know, he's like, I, I got a drug habit, you know, and I got a family and stuff. And I just, you know, he starts telling me about how he never sees his kids and he's like addicted to heroin and all this stuff. And it wasn't a bullshit story. This was a guy that was like, I'm scared and I'm, um, you're giving me a chance and I'm going to tell you my real story. Like, mm-hmm. like he's not fucking coming up with shit because it's a moment. Right. And, you know, I said, like, I said, like, well, you know, like, you don't, you know, like what, I can't remember what I said to be honest, but at that moment, but we, we had this conversation and I just, you know, I said, look, it's fine. He's put all my stuff back. Right. He said, yeah, I put it all back. I put it all back. I'm like, all right, it's fine. Uh, I walked in on you doing this. It's not cool. He's like, I know it's not cool, all this. So what do you need? And he's like, you know, um, he's looking for some money. He's whatever. End of the day, I, I ended up giving him 10 bucks. Here's the thing. What he does with it, he goes buys drugs. Some people say, why do you do that? He's going to buy drugs. I said, look, I'm going to give you $10. That's what you need. You can go spend it on food. You can go spend it on drugs. You can go spend it on whatever you want to spend it on. But I'm going to show you an act of kindness. I'm going to show you that it's okay. And he said, why are you doing this? He's like breaking down. And, I, and I, I'm not at the moment, but I'm feeling for him. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, you know, I've been through hard times in my life. I haven't gotten to this point in my life, but I've been through such hard times. And I felt so judged and so ashamed that I didn't know. And, uh, and I said, I get it. Sometimes you just need somebody to show you a little bit of kindness. Sometimes you just need a little bit of a break. And, you know, I said, look, I'm going to give you my number. If you need to call me, if you need somebody to talk to, give me a call. And, and he thanked me. And then like, it was this beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. He walked away and Here's the thing, though. Like, a lot of people get caught up on the stuff and the fact that your car has been broken into. None of that shit matters. You know, on another thing, none of that stuff matters. We're human beings. We're alive. We're living our life. And, you know, I learned in acting that you need to see yourself as the prince and the king, and you need to see yourself as the homeless drug addict. You need to be able to see yourself because this is the world in which we live in. And so when I think about discipline... I think about it in terms of, look, you got somebody who is maybe very disciplined. They build their business. They are super successful. They make a lot of money. Maybe they had great mentors. Maybe they had great support, whatever. You got another guy who's a drug addict. He's broke, living on the street, stealing from cars. Maybe they didn't come from a place that had those types of benefits and gifts and whatever. But maybe instead of acting like a prince, an entitled person that's like, look, you should be better because blah, 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 blah. But to go down to his level, meet him eye to eye and say, look, here, this is where you're at. You know, you can look at him as the bad wolf. You can look at him as the problem of society, or you can see yourself in the person. And and I think anybody who's undisciplined is ashamed of their dark, is ashamed Mm. of their dark self. So my first rule for myself is you got to be, you got to find a way to be okay with that part of yourself. And, and sometimes that comes from seeing it in the mirror of somebody else. 
I mean, here's the reality. What if one day things just go terribly wrong for me? What if I find out I have a mental illness or something weird like that and I end up on the street and I end up struggling? You know, if I'm in that moment and I'm him, not to say that I ever would be, but if I'm there, what do I need right now? And that's what I did. And so show that same kind of love to yourself. And, and that's where discipline is born out of. Because sometimes you just need somebody to say, hey, look, you can do it. And then you can do it, you know. But if we keep ashamed, keep shaming ourselves, like it's, it's that person that's sitting on the couch and you're eating trips and you're drinking beer and you're doing all this stuff and you're getting more and more weight on your body and you're, and you're getting older and you're, you feel yourself deteriorating and you're like, I can't run because I can't do this. I can't eat better because blah, 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 blah. Show yourself some compassion for the guy that or the girl that you're in that situation struggling and just understand that that's okay. If that's where you're starting from, that's where you're starting from. You don't need to be ashamed. We all got to begin somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I know this is a kind of a roundabout story, but discipline first, in my opinion, comes from self-acceptance, self-love, um, getting rid of the abusive nature of, of um, discipline. You know, yeah. you should do this. You shouldn't be homeless. You yeah. shouldn't be breaking into a car. Should, should, should. Listen, man, if it's between me and eating and I'm looking at a car that's easy to break in in a dark parking lot and I'm thinking, you know, maybe, maybe that's what I do. Maybe I go above my or beyond my ethics and morals and that's what I do. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying that's where he's at whatever, but you, you look at it, you go, okay. So I, I mean, I know I talked a lot there, but I, I feel like we really just got to start with compassion and empathy for ourselves and others, you know, and discipline is born out of love, not obligation and shoulds and all of this. Yeah. 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 And, and that's like really, I think a big part of, if, if not maybe the biggest part of this conversation coming into it was, is just that it's like, it's, it doesn't have to be this dirty word as we said at the start of it links and and that freedom is is a part of discipline you know it's that these things they go together they're not separate things they they go together Mm. and if we can change our relationship and and like i said I, i i totally agree with you there's an element of of compassion both for ourselves and and for others that helps us to get into touch with who we really truly are with who and what we truly are who and what we truly want and and in many ways also what what life is also asking of us what our lives are asking of us and it's from that place that we can go okay well this is what i want to do and discipline becomes a way that we create our lives mm mm-hmm. From wherever we are. From wherever we are. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is like, I shared that story partly and there's many lessons that come from that, but you're, I always said one other thing in the movie maker course, um, back in the day, I say this all the time. I say, you're never out of the game. If it's, it's a 13 week course, if it's week 12 and you still haven't gotten your, your shit together, you're not out of the game. We still got a week left and people are like, wow, it's, it's too short. I'm like, Look, if I have to be there with you on set, if I have to like help you cast this thing tomorrow, we're doing this. And we got to that point with one guy. And I said, look, bring, bring your friend to the cafe who's going to act in this with you and you bring it and we're going to put together your script in the cafe and we're going to pick up the camera and we're going to film it literally when we leave the cafe. 
Yeah. And we did that. And the thing is, is that, you know, because I wanted to show people, I want to teach people that part of the reason why we're not disciplined, part of the reason why we don't follow through is because we just think we're out of the game. We just think it's too far gone, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, you know, discipline is one of those things where it's sometimes that's when you need it the most. That's when you need the chance. But, you know, you can always give it. You don't need somebody there to give it to you. You can decide, look, I'm not out of the game. Look, if you're still breathing, if you're still above ground, you're in the game as far as I'm concerned. You know, whatever your challenges are in life. And I'm not saying that you can go from uh, homeless uh, drug addict to uh, king of the world in a day. I'm not saying that that's necessarily possible. But you can begin to take that journey in that direction. And ultimately, you're going to find out that the journey is what matters anyway. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And and again, like a lot of the the discipline is it's about... A, it's about... Sometimes discipline is about allowing you to have the experience of something again, as opposed to, you know, a a lot of the times we, we look at again, discipline as being a way of getting something, right? How to get something you got to do this. So I got to do this so I can get that. Right. Right. And you know, there's, I'm not gonna say there's nothing wrong. There's anything wrong necessarily with getting things, but it can become a bit of a trap if we, if we stay constantly in that cycle and we can, create disciplines based on the way that we want to experience ourselves and the way that we want to experience our lives, Hmm. creating a, a a discipline. And again, it, it it can, it's, it's big and small. Like there's no, like some things are, are better than others. It's like, well, whatever is right for you, whatever is the thing that's good for you is a good discipline Mm -hmm. for, to develop because that, that, discipline nourishes nourishes more of of what you want in your life more of what how you want to experience your life mm-hmm. i think is a is a big aspect of of what this is you know i, I think you know to, to talk to take this further about freedom so we talked a bit about like choosing to do a a, a discipline Choosing to do something that matters to you, that you care about, that you value is part of what gets you the freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Which is definitely a part of it. But the other um, side thing of doing the discipline is that it gets you freedoms in other ways. Um, And I think the thing is, is that you don't, you don't necessarily need to look at like the ultimate goal. Like for example, let's say you train really hard at a sport and you're like, I'm going to train really hard. I'm going to be the most disciplined, the most practiced, because then I'll play in the NHL, NFL, you know, NBA, whatever your thing is. And you're like, I want to make it. And maybe you're an artist and you want to, you know, you want to win an Oscar, right? If you're doing the discipline purely for the result, you set yourself up possibly for the potential of it, but also for the letdown of it, because that's what it's based on. Whereas if you said, I'm going to do this because I want to be the best actor, the best filmmaker, the best hockey player, basketball player, football player I could ever be in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. Whatever that looks like, whatever that might be, that's what I want right now. I want to be my very best. And ideally, by being my very best, it will create the opportunity for me to potentially get some rewards out of doing that because I think there are some rewards that I can get. Yeah, right. or to be like, I want to... I, if for like an athlete, like I want to be able, like I want to compete with the best that I can, yeah. you know, in this thing, 
because it's again hopefully it's something that you that you love like i keep on bringing this up yes. over and over and over again just because i think it is so important because i i think that we get so sidetracked by pursuing things that are not really ours yeah you know, pursuing things that we think we're supposed to be pursuing which is why it's like we need to continually be asking ourselves or at least at some point inquire into what is the thing that we are that we are pursuing that we are dedicating our lives to doing what are we putting most of our time into in our lives and is that actually something that we want is that actually creating uh something either is it building something that we want genuinely for our lives maybe sometime down the road or is it providing us with a sense of fulfillment now mm-hmm. i mean i think that again it's like you know sometimes there is a, a degree of of challenge and struggle within genuine disciplines but there's always i believe that there always has to come with it some sense of fulfillment mm-hmm. there has to be some some element to which we we there's some sort of satisfaction that is achieved even through even through the pain and the burn and the sting of it at times right not that it's always that but when that does occur there's still there's still a sense of of pride a sense of of confidence in yourself for having done it for yeah. its, for its own sake and i think that's you know it's usually the feeling it's in my life i discovered that it's usually how i feel about whatever it is that i'm doing in the act of doing it that is the best determiner of whether i'm doing something for the right reasons or not mm. right like if it's if i'm again if it's like if it's a, still a challenge or a struggle but i have a just this like kind of this glowing sense of of pride in myself for having for having done it, then I'm like, okay, this is something that's good. This is something that I want to maintain and and continue to do. Because if it's all just, if it's all just pain, then I don't necessarily understand what the, what you're doing it for. Mm. I, I once heard, um, I went and I saw this, uh, I was out at this, um, this protest and, there was these speakers who came up and, and a lot of the, um, uh, the strength in the protest was from, uh, some of the, uh, the, the, the native, um, population. And one of them said, it's like, it's like that their, their elders had said, if you're going to war, enjoy it. Mm. In a way, it's like, it's not necessarily to mean, but it's like, you know, they were standing up for something. Right. And it's like, and if you're going to stand up for something, enjoy it a little bit. You know, don't, don't be a martyr. Don't be, don't suffer for the whole thing. If you're going to do it, enjoy it. Mm. Like, and, and to a degree, the enjoyment is a, is an important element of truly deciding to do something. Yeah. that it's an indicator of us fully choosing to commit to something right because in that we've accepted all that comes with it we've accepted every everything that could be thrown our way and and we've and we've accepted it willingly 
Well, that's, I mean, you're talking about what I mentioned earlier. You're talking about the transcendent enjoyment. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes, you know, go to, <laughs> what was the saying? Only go to war if you, if you. No, it's like if you're going to go to war, yeah. like, like enjoy it. Yeah. If you're going to go to war, enjoy it. Right. You don't enjoy the, the necessary, like, you know, getting tear gassed in the face or whatever the heck has to happen to you in that situation or watching other people get, you know, torn down next to you that you love and know. Yeah. You know, you're not doing it because that's, because like, unless you're sadistic and you have some weird you know, issue going on there. You're doing it because you believe in the cause. You believe in the, you believe in standing up for something. And sometimes standing up for something is painful, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's where transcendent joy comes in. But, you know, they call, they call that in like acting, they call that the joy pain, Yeah. you know, where you're in a scene where you're wrenching your heart out, but you're loving it. And, um, you know, and that's one thing I love about acting because it gives you that, that, um, deep, instant connection to joy pain where mm-hmm. you're doing something that sometimes is so fucking hard just so difficult and so emotionally draining and it's fucking glorious yeah. you know and you're just like and sometimes if you're really in it you know in which we all as actors wish to be and you're really in it and you're so angry or you're so upset or you're so sad and you're just like it's beyond you and then when you're done you're like you might even be still in that a little bit, but then you're like, wow, like, wow, we went there. We did it. Like we experienced that. And it's this, um, you know, it's this kind of like, it's like the cliff jump. It's the jumping out of a plane to parachute. It's the, you know, it's the scary as hell, painful in some ways because your feet hit the water, you know, mm-hmm. but you do it and you, and you're like, wow, we did it. And yeah. when you're connected enough to that wow feeling, Whatever fear you feel in that moment, whatever discontent is in that moment, the wow feeling that that's the transcendent, you mm-hmm. know, um, like the working out, you know, getting physically fit and then looking yourself in the mirror and just being like, well, wow, holy crap, I'm pretty fit. That wow moment is worth all those hours and all those times, you know, pumping weights and listening to music. And sometimes when you didn't bring your audio machine and listen to terrible gym music, but you do it anyway, because <laughs> you know, the wow feeling at the end or the wow feeling. And, and this is the other thing too, is that when you do a discipline, if you're going for a transcendent, wow, go for a wow, that's an experience or something you can control, not a result, not like an mm. outcome that's controlled by someone else. Like when people say like, I want to do this thing to win an award or to get, like if that's someone else has to grant you that your discipline is not in your own power. Your discipline needs to be something that you can recognize a wow in. Yeah. And that's why I say like, you know, go for an experience or go for, you know, a, a self-recognition situation. Yeah. Right. Like don't, don't need an Oscar for your discipline to be worth it. You know, your discipline should be worth it because you're like, damn, I'm a really good fucking actor. Like I, I go in there and I move people, you know what I mean? And, and I, I, I'm experiencing myself in aliveness the way that most people never get to, right? If you, if that's your win, the discipline is going to stay. But if your win is I have to be on a feature film or a TV series or win an award, or I have to be in this sports league and that's just not necessarily in your control, you know, you're going to, you're going to fall off. You just, you know, and the other thing is not sustainable. Yeah. And ultimately like, and even if, if, you your goal is to 
win an Oscar, win this championship, win this thing. It still comes down to a discipline. It still comes down. It to still it. comes down to discipline or practice. If you want to change, if we want to throw another word into there that can be used somewhat interchangeably, but you still have to come down to. It's like okay, so you want the Oscar, so now we've got to bring it down. It's like so, what do you need to do? What do you need to do now, right? Like to, in order to to begin that journey mm. towards that thing. Like it's it's a it's a wonderful ideal, you know, to to try and strive for, and it can be very motivating. But there has to be something a little bit more foundational is my experience with this. There's got to be something that's got a little bit more structural integrity to yeah. it in order to make that distance. You know, if you want to, yeah. if you want to get there, there's got to be some, you got to have a little something more than just, I want to win an Oscar. Like, why do you want to win an Oscar? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's because you think that like, people will love you for it and because that will set you up for life and you'll be just like perfect and life will be amazing forever and ever and ever after that moment it's like if if that's the case then you're probably setting yourself up for for a hard time you know i think it's a very like i mean look if anybody's that that place I don't, I don't mean to insult you, but it's not what I'm trying to do, but I think it's a very immature place to be from. You yeah. know, I, I definitely can relate to that one where it's like, I, if I just get the feature film, if I just win the award, if I just do the thing, you know, and, um, I think that that's a very immature understanding of, mm -hmm. uh, discipline and goals and, and ambition, right. Or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, it's sometimes that's going to get you to the, to the point of maturity. But I think you also have to be willing to let go of things like not to say that you won't win an Oscar, not to say that you won't get the thing you want to get, because that's not what I'm saying at all. But just that that doesn't need to be the, the point or what makes it worthwhile, mm -hmm. because I feel like what ends up happening is, you know, we get caught on these goals that are outside of our control, which is always a problem when you have a goal. But we get caught on these things that are dependent on someone else or dependent on something else. And then we get disappointed. But look, you you only ever get disappointed by things that you don't control. And first of all, take care of what you can control. If you've taken care of everything that you can control, then you can start talking about things that you don't control. And the wonder and amazement of taking the risk of the gamble of trying to win on mm -hmm. someone else's field. But you have to win on your own field first. Yeah. If you can't even win on your own field, in your own living room, <laughs> then you're not winning on someone else's m most of the time. Yeah. So if you can't get yourself off the couch to get to the gym or to go for the run or to write the book or to do whatever the thing is you need to do, if you can't even win on that field, don't even bother. Whatever other field you, you're hoping and dreaming of winning is not going to happen. So day one beginning is you got to win on your own territory. What you can control, what's in your environment, whatever, right? I think that's that's the first step because that creates the freedom of possibility to win on another's field, to to not win at home, right? You know, anyone who plays sports knows home field advantage. Yeah, you got to be able to win at home. You want to win away, be able to win at home, right? It's it's. I mean, you got your fans, you got your support there, you got everything you need. When you get farther and farther out in the world, you're gonna have less support. It's gonna be you're gonna be more and more alone right? Sometimes you might be the only one doing the thing. 
It's very easy to win goals when everyone around you has the same goal and you're all kind of doing the same things. In a weird way, that's easier. When you get out on your own and there's no one else like you, there's no one else doing what you're doing, and maybe you're doing something totally authentic and original, like a truly authentic artist. Mm -hmm. Wow, man, you're in new territory. None of us have been. That's when you're going to have to have those disciplines in place. Yeah. Because if you want that kind of freedom, you're going to have to be able to win, you know, on your own terms. Because yeah, that discipline is going to be is going to be the thing that allows you to express whatever that thing is, right? That you're doing. So that, and again, that's that this whole thing of this balance, this this harmony between between discipline and and freedom, mm-hmm. you know, and how one can beget the other. And I did want to touch on this for at least a few moments here, sure. which is just what happens when these things get out of whack when okay. when there's too much of one or the other. What do you or mean just, by just to one kind or of the an other? Illus- just to kind of illustrate it. So it's like, you know, there's oh, too much discipline or too much freedom. Too much discipline, too much freedom. Yes. Right? Because as we shared, like when they're in harmony, they actually they the it, it's they work the, together. They one, work one together. Gets the other. Yeah, kind of but if you go too off to to one side or or the other, uh, too you, disciplined or too disciplined too or too quote unquote, no which is they both need to kind of come in quotes, yeah. right? Because it's it's not really a genuine discipline. It's not really a genuine freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, so for example, you know, there are, especially in in the arts community, like discipline is it's part of why we we wanted to talk about this is because in in the artistic communities discipline is is can be a challenging thing for some people because artists want to be free to just do whatever they want and not be tied down and blah blah (laughs) blah. it's like yeah no that's great that's all at like those are wonderful qualities you know to not be tied down to be able to you know go and play and do all of these things it's that's really really lovely the but there's eventually there's a ceiling to that there's a limit to it you're going around next thing you know there's the resources you need aren't there for you maybe you've um you know it's it's like you don't have the money to go and do something or you don't have the supplies that you need for another thing it's like this is what happens when the freedom just kind of goes a little bit out of control or maybe on a more, um, I don't know, I guess esoteric level. It's the things that you're, you're creating don't really have a focus. They don't really have a, a direction. They're just kind of a thing. Yeah. That's just kind of all over there. They're, they're more of an experiment than a, than a piece necessarily. And on the flip side, there's the, the, the discipline can become, rigidity the the discipline can become militant and what happens there is that then there's there's no ability to flex there's no ability to move there's no ability to entertain other possibilities other than what's in your narrow field right right because you've made the field becomes too, too routine yeah like you've made too the, restricted it's like the the field becoming too narrow or with the freedom it's like the field just becoming completely open right you know and it's just like there's there's either way if there's too much in one direction or the other there's a limitation to to what you can do with it Mm -hmm. you know they 
provide their own opportunities, but they also provide their own drawbacks, which is why we're, I think we're discussing what happens when we can merge these things together in the way that they're kind of meant to be together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, with sports, for example, um, the, in, in hockey, there's an international rink and a regular rink, right? The international mm. rink is bigger. The idea is that it gives more people room to play and to stick handle and to move. And, you know, and in a smaller rink, which is in like in the National Hockey League, there's more hitting, right? Because things are closer and things are tighter and there's more grinding. Yeah. Um, you know, and it changes a little bit of how the game's played. Um, you know, in my days of playing soccer, one of the things that we would do, or football for our, our European friends, um, is that, uh, you know, we would close in the, um, we would close it in, uh, close in the field, and we'd play in smaller fields. And what would happen is you had to be so sharp because you didn't have a lot of room. So yeah. your touches had to be much uh, more limited, passes had to be quicker, you had to be sharper, and you had to figure out how to work yourself out of corners that you might not otherwise have to work yourself out of. Yeah. Um, so when you're doing a discipline, the rigidity or the, the boundary in which you set for yourself is going to kind of affect the style of freedom that you have. And when I think that there's, um, when there's too much, when there's, when there's no boundary at all, there becomes no real, um, point to the freedom it's kind of like i can do anything yeah. anywhere and and so it's like yeah. where's this gonna go you know but so you need a boundary at some point to kind of keep yourself within something but this is you get to set it like you get to decide okay what is my rigidity look i spend half an hour a day writing minimum but it's only half an hour a day if i said i i'm gonna i want to be a committed writer i'm gonna spend eight hours a day that creates a lot more rigidity in my life as yeah. far as um, what I can do otherwise, because my life is not just writing. Um, yeah. So, you know, your your commitment to your discipline, um, you know, creates a certain amount of freedom. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that like with with yours, for example, it's like half an hour is there's it's a discipline to do a certain amount. And then I I know for a fact that there have been days that you've gone well above half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've done literally done, 16 hour days. Yeah. Done a 16 hour day that can happen, but that's, you've, you've left yourself that freedom. Exactly. To do that's it. That's my freedom of the 16 hour day. I had 15 and a half hours of freedom. Yeah. Right. But if there's something else going on in your life, you know, right. it's like, well, you did your half an hour and now you're free to go right. and do it, which is, you know, maybe and I'm not obligated to those 15 and a half hours. Yeah. Right. In a sense, I'm obligated to my half an hour, but I'm obligated based on my own value, mm -hmm. which is the key thing. Because we talked about that too, right? Yeah. Because a lot of people will say like, well, I'm going to do this for X amount of time every day. It's like, is that realistic? Like yeah. based on your... I think you, for yeah. me, it's like usually like, and, and a lot of the sort of creating these practices and discipline strategies that I've seen and people have, have talked about is if there's a common theme to it, it's usually, it's very simple. Mm. You, you're, you keep your disciplines very, very, very simple. And it's like, you make it something small and then you let it kind of then just branch off. You let you're, it let, you're really just looking for a jump off point. 
really. You know, it's like you're right. just looking for that thing to to get you going, just to get you started. Is really neutral the first gear. Exactly. The hardest gear to shift. Yeah, it's just that it's getting past that little hump is usually what the discipline is all about. Is is the about those first yeah. few moments is really what it's all about. And then the rest kind of takes care of itself. So and, true. And that's through my own experience, but from having heard lots of people talk about these different things, it's just like, well, just get the first little bit out you know, and then you'll yeah. be amazed at what happens. My friend and I used to work out a lot together. We were, you know, we were gym mates and, um, you know, our role was for the most part, just show up to the gym, make it as long as you can. If you got to cut out early, you cut out early, but just getting to the gym, just get there. Like just yeah. start running or start writing or start practicing your lines. Just start. And you know what? At the very least, you might stop after a few minutes or you might just get there and leave. But the thing is, is that's a win. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people won't go to the gym, for example, because they're like, oh, I got to drive over there and I don't really want to go. And it's like, I'm not really going to get a full workout in. I know all the stories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but look, if you get there and even if you don't lift a weight, but you actually show up there and you actually just do that, you've, you've overcome one of the biggest obstacles to your dreams and goals and ambitions, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times it's just so hard to go from a comfortable place to a place you value. And we, you know, in an ideal world, we would always choose the thing we value. But we, you know, life isn't always ideal. Sometimes we're tired. You know, so many times I would say like, oh man, I'm just tired. I didn't get a good night's sleep. And you know, and you won't do your thing. Right. So yeah. the thing is, is you got to You got to have the discipline of being like, no matter what happens, no matter where my life is, I at least say show up. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the first step. You know, and I don't think that, you know, and I discipline think, is very yeah. in a lot of ways. It's showing up for yourself. It's just showing up. That's the first step. Yeah. You know, he, showing up for you, though. I right. think that's like the important thing. Like it's your discipline is you showing up for you. Well, you know, here's another thing. And I mean, I know. We're, we're chatting a lot here, but there's so many good things in this. But I, I have written for 16-hour days, multiple days. And I dare somebody who hasn't written a lot to write for 16 hours. I dare you to try and then do it for a few days in a row. Just see what happens. Because that was built upon many half-hour days of writing. That was built on many days of writing. Because to get to that discipline point, where you can get to the point where you can have the wherewithal to stay that focused, to stay that in it, you know, to keep going, to not let yourself get distracted or walk away or run away, because nobody's holding their, you there but you, right? I mean, I think we all vision ourselves being this, you know, great athlete or this Oscar-winning actor. Do the disciplines that are required to get to the place where you could actually do that. And that's going to start first by showing up and always showing up. You always show up. And then it comes down to like, look, if I'm if my thing is fitness, I do my workout for at least 10, 15 minutes. I do that no matter what. Or if it's acting, I study and practice lines 15 minutes or 10, 5 minutes, whatever, mm -hmm. a minute. But I, I, I remember something. I Because if you like if you're an actor and you're like, I can't remember my lines motherfucker you got to be studying your lines every single day you know how many scripts are available i'll send you some yeah. <laughs> you know how many scripts are out there like you should be memor and plays i mean whatever if you don't have a good memory at lines then that is your discipline right now today you start today you practice lines 
every single day. And I don't care if it's for five minutes, but you remember one line in a script, you've built your memory a little bit. Mm-hmm. But this whole thing, I can't remember my lines. I've been acting for 10 years. Fuck that. Fuck that. It's an excuse and it's a bunch of bullshit and we all know it's bullshit. You know, and, and I don't mean to be a hard ass. I'm being your best friend by telling you this. And at the same time, I'm telling myself, you know, we, we got to, you know, and if you got a friend that's having a struggle, tell them to listen to this episode and build some damn discipline that because it's going to help them because then they're not going to have that problem. And once, once like all those actors out there, I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of you. If you could just remember your lines by ease and it was never a problem for you ever again, how would that change your life? Boom. You just solved the major roadblock in your life now you can start worrying about other things like getting emotionally invested and being in the moment yeah. right because you can't even remember your yeah, lines but it's it's created a freedom exactly yeah that's the dis. that's exactly my point right so the discipline creates the freedom right you meisner right which you teach in acting that's th- that branch of acting when you want to be able to do meisner i know this for a fact you have to get to the point where your lines are so memorized you know them backwards forwards inside and out yeah. Because then you're not going to be thinking about them and in your head. You can be in the moment and you can be present mm-hmm. in, in many ways. Part of the discipline is is being able to have that stuff down. Right. And I think this goes across the board for so many things. And I got on my little stool and I said a bunch of stuff that up on the soapbox. I feel it's important, well, man. Uh, let's wrap this one up here. Um, you got it. It's been a good one. Uh, so we're, as always, we are usually sipping on, uh, a little brew here, uh, while we're, while we're having our conversation, not that we are not, uh, sponsored as of, uh, the recording of this, but, uh, we are, we'd like to share a beer. We do. Spurs, we do. Spurs on the conversation and we are big supporters of craft beer. Too. Absolutely. There you go. So, uh, today, today we are drinking Whistler Brewing Company's Chestnut Ale. And it's it's an interesting one. You said yeah. it was like uh, root beer. <laughs> Honestly, it, it does. It just tastes like I, I mean, it tastes like I'm drinking some root beer. Um, it's very tasty and super smooth. It's like kind of creamy and um, I mean, it's a little bit of a heavy creamy beer, I suppose. But um, yeah. it's it's tasty. It's very flavorful. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's a little different, and it's it's definitely a like um, distinct. Yeah, I would say that. But to me, this is um, this is a lot like just having a root beer. Yeah, it's like this root beer, almost like a Dr. Pepper yeah. kind of like vibes to it as well. But, but it's still as a much beer, like bubbliness to it, and not as sugary and sweet, of course. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's 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 interesting. It's um, <laughs> like I didn't mind it, but I uh, I definitely like couldn't drink a lot of these. They're pretty. It's it's quite a quite a bit <laughs> to to grab onto, but it's a, it's, it's, a, it's yeah it's a solid it's a solid kind of heavier beer, yeah. So I like it. I mean, I I, I like it in in an unexpected way. It's yeah. it's like um not what I expected at all, and it's not normally what I would ever go for. But in a weird way, uh, I kind of enjoy it a lot. Yeah, it's it, a cold weather beer to definitely. me. Definitely, it's like not something I would want in the summer. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would just be way too much. <laughs> but it's a it's a, it's a nice. I mean, I I like smooth beers. I like kind of like cream ales and stuff. So yeah, it's kind of nice for that. Um. Okay, let's wrap this up. You got any final points? Uh. <laughs> okay. Here's my final point. Yeah. Sure. 
because I started so you can finish. Um, something I, I learned, you know, in the last while was that you can't change yourself. You know, a lot of people go, oh, you change, you change yourself. You know, it doesn't really work. Um, so here, here's the thing. You, you can only be right now. There is no like, whoever you think you are, whatever you think your ego identity is and the type of person you are, it's a total abstraction. That's just you putting together a pattern of events and deciding that you made sense of who you are or anybody else. Um, and trying to change yourself from an abstraction will never work because it's not real. It's just an image of something. Um, so whoever you think you are is an image of something. And, you know, you could change yourself only in the sense that you decide you're another image. But that is an actual change. You don't actually change. So the whole idea of changing yourself is a total fallacy, is a total misnomer. But here's the cool thing. You can change yourself just not the way you think you can change yourself. And it comes in a very unexpected way, which you won't even see happen until one day maybe you turn around and go, oh, look at that. I kind of changed. So this is, this is my advice. With discipline, by taking action and taking action and taking action in a way that upholds your values continually and over and over and over again, if that's different than not doing your discipline, that is your change. Or if you stop doing a discipline, that will be your change, right? So if you're in the discipline of being undisciplined, that will be the new form in which you take. Mm. So um, look at it in terms of the moment. Change happens right now. So if no matter what you've done up to this moment, maybe you've been just a lazy ass and you haven't done anything and you're totally <laughs> guilting and shaming yourself. If you just start right now and say, I'm going to do this because I believe in it, it's good for me. And then you do that and then, you know, maybe a little bit later, uh, maybe later in the day or the next day, you do the thing again or you do something in line with that and you continue with that persistence of strategy. What will end up happening is you will end up changing, but you won't know you changed until a certain point where you're like all of a sudden it just becomes easy and you don't have to work at it and think about it so hard. Mm -hmm. So if you don't like the way you are or you think you're something just drop that idea and just focus on right now and do your discipline thing right now. That's it. Just do your thing today and then commit to doing it tomorrow, you know, and you don't need to look much farther than that. You don't need to see where it all leads, but, but do the thing you believe in and you value and you find meaning in and then do it again and then do it again and do it again. And you know what? One day you're going to wake up and it might be sooner than later and you're going to be like, wow. I really did something amazing with my life. Or what will happen is you won't even notice, but someone else will go like, wow, you really did something. Like, look look what you did. How'd you do that? Right? But I, I'm telling you, you don't have to make that big a deal out of it. It just, it's just, you're living right now. This is all that exists, this moment. So, so it's right now, and then it's the next moment you're in. It's the next moment you're in, and anything that happened before that is kind of irrelevant. All it does is help demonstrate the type of change you will ultimately make inadvertently by living and being and doing in this moment now what you believe is valuable and meaningful if that makes sense mm -hmm. so that's how i want people to kind of take away the discipline yeah yeah i think that for me my thing on this is that discipline discipline is the action really because to me that, yeah. that's really what it is discipline is the action it is the it is the uh it is the thing that is actually working 
in that that we choose to do that that as we said it upholds our authentic values and it at its deepest level it frees our truest self into the world and that's really i think what the the for me what the most beautiful thing about discipline is is that it it's the action that frees our authentic selves hmm. into the world and i think that's extraordinary and i think that the way that we do that is by getting by really beginning to understand what it is that we truly value who uh who it is that we we truly think or who it is that we really want to be in the world and again i'll propose the question of who is the person that you think that you've that you truly are who is the person that you you think that you have truly always been and from there we can get a try to get a sense of what these values are what what is important to you in your life forget what everyone else says around you yes it doesn't it's matter important. nobody else can answer this question for you you have to explore these for yourself and as you begin to explore these things what are these values what are these things that are important to you and then begin to create your disciplines because those disciplines are going to allow what that thing is to to come out hmm. and and i think that by allowing ourselves that by giving ourselves that permission that we begin to find uh greater fulfillment uh in our lives um well you know you, you said permission and to express earlier like that whole idea and i think that you know when you're when because i mean in, it may sound like what you're saying is counter to what i'm saying so that's why i feel like i need to say something but um who you are is very difficult to decipher but you can look at it in terms of how do you express your values and by the way, you may have spent a lot of your life not expressing your values. So you may be very disconnected from who you are. So who you think you are, um, you really got to like kind of like peel back the layers because there's a lot of who people tell you you are. There's a lot of doing things because you think you're supposed to or because you think you have to. There's a lot of deciding who you are based on other people's opinions of you. None of that is anything about what you are. It's just so not anything to do with it. Um, although we think it is the only only thing you know about yourself is what you value and express that you value that's it so it doesn't matter if you did something if you didn't really value it if it wasn't really yours that's not you that's you mirroring someone else you're only going to know yourself when you catch yourself in the act of doing something you value so, and for some people, they've done it so little, they're so disconnected from who they are, they don't know who they are. So I wouldn't worry too much about who you think you are or who you are. And I wouldn't worry also too much about who you think you necessarily need to be, because I think that can get a little too heady. But I, if you, if you want to know, if you want to get closer to that, I think the thing is, 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 is look at your expressions of your own authentic values. And those come through your disciplines, you know, and the more you are disciplined in expressing your own authentic values, the more you'll see who you are. And 
I think there is somebody like there is a self-expression in there, but for some of us, it's difficult to see. I mean, we've been told what to do our whole lives and, you know, and so I, I just think be careful about going down that trap because you might think, well, I'm a slob. It's like, no, you're not. Someone called you a slob because they, in their opinion of their whatever values or whatever you are messy and blah, blah, blah. Are you a slob in your world? Well, maybe not, right? But maybe in their world, you're a slob. Do you want to take on that narrative and that character? See, this is the danger of it all. So mm-hmm. I just want to point that out. Because I feel like sometimes we can decide who we are and then not take a discipline because we go, well, I'm an undisciplined person. It's like, no, you're not. Just be, Even if you've been undisciplined your whole life up until now, it doesn't make you an undisciplined person. It just means that you have been undisciplined. You have been undisciplined in the past. Maybe more than you like, whatever, fine. Yeah. Or maybe you just didn't like the disciplines other people were trying to put on you. Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.